Hey, Real Nerds listeners, there's many ways you can interact with the Real Nerds podcast. You can email us at realnerds at gmail.com. You can hit us on Twitter at Real Nerds. You want to check us on Facebook? You can just look for Real Nerds Podcast. You want to leave us a voicemail? Just call 720-6NERDS5. You want to listen to our episodes? You can check us out on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. This is Real Nerds Podcast, and for 10 years, we have been seeing a new movie and podcasting our experience to the world. This week, we saw Wrath of Man. Uh, Stay tuned to the end of the episode, where we will recommend the film or not. We'll also talk about movies we've seen throughout the week, or TV shows, or whatever we want to talk about throughout the week. Movies that are coming out, and movie news. Once again, I am joined on Zoom with Brad. Hey. Zach. Hello. And Corinne. Good evening. Um, one day we'll get back together and it'll be a great day. As, as everyone here has gotten all their shots, right? Yeah. All right. So we're good to go. We've had our shots, 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 shots. Everybody. <laughs> all right. We can't go any further. We're going to get sued. <laughs> yeah. We're a movie podcast. We like movies. Not music. We hate no, music. I like music, too. Okay. In fact, I think my next article... It's I'm not be... mutually exclusive, you know? That is <laughs> yeah. true. Music is in movies. Fun fact. Yeah, they did Don't a worry, whole thing I'm, called yeah. Fantasia. What is that? Ooh. Sounds like it's going to lose money. It's going to cost a lot of money in years to produce. <laughs> you know what we should do? We should get Salvatore Dali to help us and then... Um, See what happens. You know what you should also do? Get Leopold Stakowski to, to <laughs> yes. lead the orchestra. <laughs> I have That's so much hard. money, I can do what I want. <laughs> I'm Walt Disney, motherfucker! <laughs> um, was, my next was, article will be a ranking of all the Rod Stewart albums, because I can do what I want, because it's my website. Um, yeah. Doesn't Brad technically have the domain name? He does, technically, but um, I write. I do all the all bitch the work for it, really. <laughs> <laughs> all the Brad's work. Ow! All the Brad's work. Ow! <laughs> yep. Anywho, that's what we do. There's a lot of energy on the podcast today. Oh I yeah, there's. Are you? Can't you feel it pulsating through the waves of the internet? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How's everybody's week? How's everything? Good. Good. I work all the time. I can't get a fatality to happen to save my life. Yeah, what are you trying to do, Brad? Just kill someone at the end of a Mortal Kombat round. That's not just a punch in the face. I, I've been brutalitying like left and right, but fatality can't get it. Why? I don't know. I did the training. I I hit it every time, but when I'm actually in a real tournament, it's huh. just like back down down. Why? Oh, yep, nothing. Okay, cool. Thanks. Don't want the fatality. Be the fatality. Yeah, yeah. Always make sure that you're the right distance away. Yeah. Um, Far mid close. Yeah. Uh, who who are who are you? I mean, it depends. I change it up, but uh, I think the last one was Scorpion. He's a far oh. away, back down down. Yeah. yeah. So that one where he has—that's where he flies across the screen, right? I I, I think so. I, I haven't made it happen, so. 
Yeah, so that one is he flies across the screen. You literally have to be all the way on the other side. Yeah, I got away the other side, and I just end up doing flips backwards. I don't know what the hell the game's problem um, is. I guess you're not smooth with your input commands. Or maybe it's uh, Switch. Like, the Pro Controller just sucks for it, maybe. I don't know. Oh, maybe. Do you use the joystick, or do you use the directional pad? I, I started with the joystick, but uh, I yeah. switched to the D-pad just because it's like, you know, well, it that's literally those directions like it can't be the other button so yeah so what i um do in, in mortal Kombat is really the only game i use a directional pad for because uh mortal Kombat you have to have more precise button presses than most other fighting games yeah and i still can't get it just so hmm. frustrating so i'm just trying to get yeah. like a ton of coins and everything so i can like get master the, the crypt yeah so uh yeah the best way to do that is do the living towers or towers of time they call them in that yeah like i said brutality over and over again <laughs> like oh, that's right. brutality and... you get more coins for and then um have you outfitted your characters where you get like triple the coins and stuff for doing them that i don't understand like it's there's so much <laughs> so many options i'm just like i just want to wear the different outfits like why do i have to customize this there is but that that way you'll level up really quick and you'll get coins really fast well, you can come um, over someday and show me because there's I, like so many buttons and many... I'll be more than happy to. And I, you know, I, I wish I could give you because I've basically unlocked everything that I want to. <laughs> I, I wish I could give you my like seven million coins I have that I just keep on racking up because I have nothing to spend them on. You can't transfer coins to other people in this video game. No. Uh, well, that that I mean, seems limiting. I think you can if you have the same system. Like on my Switch, it says <laughs> like transfer data. So, I mean, maybe if we bet coins in a match or something, I could lose them to you. Yeah. <laughs> Figure um, it out, boys. Touch coins or something. Well, that, I mean, the crypt is pretty hardcore. I, I mean, if you don't, um, yeah, it takes a long time. Yeah, I've unlocked <laughs> most of the gates and everything. It's just like I'm yeah. a completist and I, tr- I want to open every chest. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the cool thing about the crypt is it's constantly living. So you can always go back and get more stuff. Like, I still go to it every time I play. Yeah, and you can um, you can use uh, Chronica to reload all the chests too. But the biggest thing is like because I can't do fatalities, I haven't been racking up hearts, so I oh, pass yeah. by like heart chests left and right, and it's just and so those heart chests and the um, the soul ones, those have all like the cool shit, like the other fatalities, brutalities, and um, skins. Yeah, see, it's and uh, the gear, so like to make them even more customizable. Yep. Yep, I sh- I mean I I should know I I put like two hundred hours into that game. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's my frustration. I'm like oh, all the cool stuffs and the things that I can't get. And then have you got any of the heads yet? Uh oh uh, no, I, but it's like there's a something mentioned that I was like oh you got a stack of heads that's awesome. Yeah, so like those heads when you use them, um, like some of them are tough. Um, I I I think it's you have to do twenty five fatalities against that character something like that i'll have to go back and look but I'll, there's a way to cheat to do it so i'm listening you, <laughs> yeah so if you go to um so yeah you have to perform 25 fatalities on that character if you go to a ta- the um, like the uh, the like classic tower just keep on going until that person's at the very beginning and then do a fatality on them and then exit the tower and go back in and then do the fatality on them. 
you can do it really quick. Well, so you don't have to wait for them to randomly pop up like in a tower or something. As soon as I can complete a fatality, I think <laughs> on anybody, there might might be a chance. Oh yeah, well, like do the uh, you know the easy ones like the forward down forward ones. I I I've tried. It's a, like <laughs> there's something about like it, I don't know if the the like my finger timing. I've tried fast. I've tried slow. Uh, yeah, like. And I guess I got you got to convert crystals into like the easy just R two and B right. Yeah, but I don't know how to do that. So yeah, yeah, I'll have to show you. Like I do it really quick. So like my inputs, if let's say the forward the fatalities like back forward forward back X, yeah. I go really quick. I go back forward forward down X or whatever it is. And yeah, no, I mean I've it done, gets to I've done point both. with me <laughs> where I just because I. And I always usually uh, get a couple characters and stick with them the whole time. And that way, when I need to do stuff like that, um, so, you know, I'm always Cassie or something, then the, the fatalities become second nature where you don't even think about doing them. You just, you just do. Like hers, uh, she has that shadow kick where it kicks out their heart. That one's easy. It's sweep distance, down, down, forward, low kick or back yeah. kick or whatever you want to call it. And uh, Johnny Cage has down, 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 Y. And like that still didn't happen. <laughs> so I just suck. Right. I just suck. Yeah, it's a different kind of fighting game, you know. Yeah, and I want tournament fighters. Makes more sense to me. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm horrible at Smash Brothers, and you think it'd be easier because Smash Brothers doesn't have as many um, buttons. But for some reason, the timing in Smash Brothers, I have a really hard time doing. Yeah, but you know. There's also distance and stage issues. True. You fall off that the edge. Uh, you only got one one bailout command before you, you plummet to your death on that one. Yep. Usually gets me. Yeah, still a great game though. Yep. Love, this love is a video, video game podcast, which is uh, why we're talking about this. Yeah, that's all right. We can talk about whatever we want. It's what we do. Hey, Brad. You can take us around town. I know that the drive-ins are open four days a week. Hey, film buddies. Follow me around Denver. Uh, yeah, the, the 88 drive-in uh, has Missing Link, Wrath of Man, and The Unholy as their lineup now. And uh, open all week is the Holiday Twin Drive-In. But they seem to be doing a 2021 fly fishing film tour hmm. on one screen and Riot of the Last Dragon on the other. So, um, kind of. Ooh. <laughs> uh, I think like this time last year they had a Batman '89 and Superman '78 lineup, which was pretty sweet. So that is awesome. Looks like the fly fishing tour has uh, monopolized their time. So, if you it's like right. fly fishing. Like watching people fish instead of just fishing yourself. <laughs> That's what I assume these are. Then Holiday Twin is for you. And yeah, you know, fishermen want their movies too. I guess there there is a like a detrimental, um, like a little amount of fly fishing movies out there, isn't there? Like, there's not that yeah, many. A river runs through it. Yeah. But, um. Yep. Ra- that about does it. <laughs> Got a rafting movie. <laughs> River you Wild. Just, throw in, just, 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 just give them a goofy movie because it's about the perfect cast. It's about fishing in general. Come on, yeah. 
uh, Catfish is a mock. <laughs> that's fi- not documentary. about fish. that's that's not about the kind of fishing you're thinking about, Brad. <laughs> Clearly, the best one is Big Fish. Duh. Bury me in the river. Love Big Fish, but that is not about fly fishing, Corinne. That is about catching a big fish. Uh, the wedding ring. We've talked about this last week. We don't need to bring it up. <laughs> then there's swordfish. That's about hackers that fish. Yep. <laughs> amongst, other, amongst other silly things. <laughs> yep. That's what's going on around town. Nice. There's some movie news that are ha- is happening this week. It's real news. Okie dokie. Um, this interested me because uh, we've, we've talked about the kind of pointlessness of award seasons and whatnot. But so the Golden Globes next year will not be airing on NBC. NBC has issued a statement saying that they will not be partnering with the HFPA until they get their act together. Uh, this is following a L.A. Times article that was published a few months back about uh, some of their <laughs> lack of diversity in their voting body, amongst other things, but also the amount of uh, extravagant uh, things that are done for their benefits, such as being flown out to the set of Emily in Paris for Netflix and spending time in fancy hotels. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's it's intriguing to see at an awards ceremony being shut off of a major network because of behavior that would have been tolerated years ago um which it was never right then um certainly doesn't make it right today just find it interesting that it's finally catching up with it because a lot of this stuff has been kind of crumbling down over the last like five or six years so I yeah tom cruise sent back all his golden globes he's like, really take these. yeah he's like take these back <laughs> until you, i'm serious he says until you start uh, making it more inclusive and um, things like that. He fucking gave them back for Jerry Maguire, Magnolia, and Born on the Fourth of July. Damn, that is when, when Tom Cruise is doing that to you. Like you've got an issue going, man. Yeah, he, he ran them over himself. Yeah, I heard he sent him like in a box, just like here you go. <laughs> to be to be to be perfectly frank, the Hollywood Foreign Press has always felt like some kind of like weird group that just kind of like does its own thing for absolutely no reason. See, yeah. For, for case in point, think about the 2010 ceremony when the Tourist was nominated Best Picture, Musical, or Comedy. It's that's it's just that that's not serious, my friends. That's just silly. So. Um, but anyway, yeah, so long story short, you will have to figure out your uh, Golden Globes fix another way if that's something that you're interested in. Um, in other news, if we're going to uh, uh, away from the awards circuit and into something that will probably not get awards but might be fun, uh, we got a trailer for Venom Let There Be Carnage uh, uh, today, which is being directed by Andy Serkis. Um, so, uh, gentlemen, do you want to spout out your thoughts about this uh, latest little affair from uh, the world of Marvel via Sony? I don't know hey, how I've I... got some thoughts. Okay. All my right. Thoughts on this, are that I don't care. Oh, wow. Harsh. <laughs> I am morbidly apathetic about this. Well, I mean, like, here's the thing I did not like the first Venom, I really did not. Uh, I, I was very vocal about that. I'm more than willing to give this a shot because I 
like the idea of Andy Serkis directing, and I want to see what he does with a canvas like this. Um, I still have not seen the movie he uh, directed a few years back about um, a guy with a breathing problem. I can't remember the name of it. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it looked like fun enough, and they got rid of that goofy haircut from Woody Harrelson, it seems. So um, I, I'm down for it. Ryan, you you posted a, about it on our page. You said it looks like fun. So, you know, uh, I just I mean, like, I still think the first Venom isn't that bad, which is shocking because there's no Spider-Man in a Venom movie, which still doesn't make sense to me. But what I liked is uh, it kind of creates a split personality between the two and more so for the the trailer that they just released it's more weird and kind of crazy where i guess venom talks to people too where they're actually two separate entities where they don't work together i don't know it's really bizarre and because it's so bizarre it, it makes me be on board with it just because mm-hmm. it's weird um i i don't know if it'll be any good but you know i'm wondering if now that we've broken the shackles of the origin story of it quote unquote we will be able to just relax a little bit or just like kick back and embrace what this what this concept is for people with his which is the symbiote living like coexisting with eddie brock i don't know like I mean, my, my big thing from the first one is I was on board because the opening is it's shot like a horror film. And if they would have committed to that throughout the whole film, I thought it would have been great. Um, right. But you obviously know, they didn't do that. No, I mean, it, like I said, it's better than it should be. Um, I mean, it sands the Eminem rap at the end. But, <laughs> you know, it's... I, I don't like being um, like uh, Corinne in this, not to take a knock on her, but just because um, one, we have a model standing movie, but two, um, I'm such a comic book fan that it seems disingenuous on my part. Be like, well, this is a comic book movie and it's just stupid. So um, I like the world I live in where I can have, all these comic book movies and then judge them individually. Um, it just, uh, so I'll always support them because I remember when the only comic book movies we were getting were, you know, Jonah Hex and stuff. So, um, yeah, so it was uh, Jonah Hex and nothing else. It was a plethora <laughs> of Jonah Hex movies. <laughs> no, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I got gotcha. you. Book movie. Yeah, like before before things got a little bit more organized and like the genre was not like relegated to a dustbin where a bunch of cuts could be made because you threw out the name Jonah Hex, that movie got butchered in the edit. Like, well, yeah, I mean, I think it's not even eighty minutes long, but yeah. <laughs> uh, my, my point being is you have characters now, whether it's Morbius or Venom and they're given an opportunity to um, have their own movie Yeah, in a world where, you know, that never happened before, you know, they're working on a Batgirl movie and things like that, which I think they should have anyways, but yeah, um, it's, you know, uh, last year I, I have a Harley Quinn birds of prey movie, which is also kind of batshit crazy, but in a good way. 
Um, We're getting a second Suicide Squad movie, like a second yeah. iteration of it. That, that's that in itself is kind of insane. We're getting a third Guardians of the Galaxy movie. That in itself is pretty insane. When you We're getting you know, an always... Eternals movie, which I don't even know what the Eternals are. They're uh, eternal, Corinne. Well, I got that, but <laughs> I mean, what's next? An Inhumans movie? Well, they well, Corinne, they tried that, uh, and they put it to TV, and then they put the pilot in IMAX, and then nobody went, and nobody saw, and then goodbye. Yeah, it's uh, like I said, it's just it's really fascinating. I mean, we're getting a Shang Chi movie. <laughs> I mean, he's a really cool hero, but I mean, that's digging into comic book lore, you know. Um, so I'm always down, and I'll always support him because, like I said, there's a time when this year batman and robin <laughs> it's you know that's it's such so far removed and i'm gonna ask you to freeze that statement ryan you know <laughs> i need you to chill out um uh you know what they should do is go for full circle because i feel like the ambition begins with howard the duck i mean i know everybody says superman but really the ambition became howard the duck if we can make that work <laughs> we can <laughs> there's a 4k of howard the duck coming out and I was asked why I'm going to get it. And I said, well, the movie's not good, but I'm but, getting it because there's a 4K of Howard the Duck coming out. Yeah, you need <laughs> to support that decision no matter what. <laughs> oh, actually, uh, this will interest um, you guys. I, this is totally off topic. But mm-hmm. uh, I saw my younger brother, uh, Cody, today. And he asked me, he said, hey, have you ever heard of Wells and Tales? Have you guys heard of that? Wales and Tales? Uh, is so, that a kid's show? No, so it's a store that's inside of the mills, and it's um, where it's the Jefferson County Public Library takes all their used books and movies and sells them there. Huh? And my, yeah, and my younger brother told me he got the 4K of the complete series of games of Game of Thrones, which is two hundred and fifty three hundred dollars, and he spent fifteen bucks on it, and so. He told he told me that they have ultra HDs there for two dollars. Brad, 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 <laughs> Brad, can we go to Wales and Tales, please? I've already left. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna, just down the street the from Wales. I'm gonna have yeah, to go. I know. And uh, he said there's books and stuff, and I'm like, wow, I gotta, I might go there tomorrow. So I, I yeah, I, if I can make it out this week, I'm gonna do that. That's that's. They're probably not going to have anything I want, but I want to see. It for the, I, I want know, to see this so. with my own eyes. I'm guessing they took over the borders space. I, you know, I have no idea. To tell you the truth, but I didn't even. When I go to the mills, I usually just go to Fye. Yeah. Um, but now I guess I have another reason to walk around. But my my question. My question is, why is it called Whales and Tails? I don't know. Is it because you can get a whale of a tail there, whether in book or film form? I, I don't. I, it's not an attempt at a bad joke. I'm genuinely curious. Well, obviously, yeah, I have no idea. you're surrounded by books and, and movies which have tales of them, but there is a giant humpback whale <laughs> alone in a tank in the center of the store, <laughs> slowly hoping to die. Hey, hey, Brad, can we go there dressed in Star Trek uniforms and go, Captain, there be whales here? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's down by Dick's Sporting Goods. It used to, I guess it's relatively new. Oh, that's but... the catch. I got to go by a sports store. <laughs> I haven't been in Mills in a couple of months, so that's probably why I haven't seen it. Yeah, like I, like he told me about it. I had no idea. That's, so I'm that's interested. Insane. 
We should all we should all go there as a group, meet up, and like report live from Whales and Tales. Sounds awesome. I'd be down for that. Yeah, also we should also to- we should also go to the movies pop up at the same time. Ooh, yeah. together. That'd be dope. Because that's happening around town. That I forgot. Yeah. What's the pop up? The, what are they showing? The movies pop up. It's a restaurant. Oh wait! Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, wow. oh, I thought you were talking like it was just like a pop up little drive in thing. What are you talking about? The movies pop up. Mo- movies. Kevin Smith. Oh, mo- oh, movies. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, get, get an egg a movie muffin, uh, cow tipper. Uh, I guess whatever their menu is, probably. I, sure. I can't imagine I, you would not have that. It's a vegan. It's a vegan um, uh, option place. It's they both. better have a cow where I can go on the internet and. <laughs> I'm going to type in all you motherfuckers will pay. pay. (laughs) You are the ones who are the ball lickers. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) We're going to shit out the shit that we just shit. (laughs) And then all you motherfuckers are next. Love, Jay and Silent Pop. (laughs) You can't just go. You have to like pre-buy access. So that happens tomorrow at 11 or earlier if you sign up for the mailer. So yeah, well, we'll see. You have to pick a day. It's only open for a week. Okay. (laughs) Moving on from news uh, or for news. Um, Ryan, this is something that I think will be pretty fucking cool. So I, so I've never like seen these, but I know their reputation faces of death which is the videos that cl- where where the series of videos that claim to be actual deaths in fact they weren't. Mm-hmm. Um so the creative team behind the movie Cam is um uh taking on a dramatization of faces of death. Um and the story will involve a YouTube moderator who discovers a group of people recreating the deaths from the original movie. I actually think this sounds pretty fun. <laughs> like that could be a yeah, I mean, they, little film. It's more infamous than it is a good movie. I, I I've seen it and it's whatever, but I mean, the title alone is interesting, you know? Yeah. And, and for people who don't know, it's just, it's, it claimed to have this footage of actual deaths. And in fact, most of these were fake. There was a claim that this was banned in 40 countries. Um, it, it was becoming like infamous as a snuff film. And then obviously a lot of things like were unveiled to be like, nah, it's a lot of this is like fake. Um, but the idea and it spawned several different volumes too. So there's like faces of death two, faces of death, three, the worst faces of death, the faces of death, four faces of death, five faces of death, six, death wish faces of death um no i mean it it reminds me a lot of cannibal holocaust yeah where where it's just shocking and mm -hmm. it has this reputation for being real and it's not yeah whereas like and and cannibal holocaust like really can kind of claim more because it actually did commit technically commit crimes whereas i I don't know like it, it this all seems interesting to take that concept and turn it into a drama like version set within the youtube sphere that sounds pretty interesting i i, i'd be yeah. down to see what they do with it i've never seen cam but i'll have to check it out now and kind of see what these guys are capable of um and then uh we all liked the movie freaky i think more or less or at least those of us who saw it um the same team will be working on a movie called time cut uh, it's uh, it's being described as Back to the Future meets Scream. 
so Brad's going to get a little horror movie set for all of him, all for himself, I guess. I don't know. I, tr- I mean, you like Back to the Future. What, why wouldn't you want to see a horror version of it, right? Because um, Back to the Future is awesome as is. But, yeah, but you don't have a horror. You don't have a slasher mystery going on in Back to the Future. It is missing that. You have to grant me this. I mean, no. technically, it's missing it. I don't know if it needs it. <laughs> no, it no, no. There's a difference between missing and need here in this statement. I should clarify. I'm not saying it needs it. Yeah, you said um, the guy who's like moderate horror guy needs it. That's like, yeah, not me. <laughs> okay, fine, fair enough. I want it then, um, and I trust Christopher Landon with the with this particular train he's going on between the Happy Death Day movies and Freaky. So I'll be curious to see what this turns out to be. I'm more curious about scream being mentioned in this mix up than I do back to the future. Cause a time travel slasher movie doesn't seem too out of the or too out of the realm of feasibility, but what is it? What, what's going to be the scream thing? Are we going to be having like talking like multiple people involved here? What's, what's going on? Uh, I guess we'll have to wait for time cut in order to find out. Yeah. They'll probably um, reference like the rules of time travel. Yeah, it's true. And then the last piece of news is one that I guess I want more of an opinion consensus from everybody on this is that uh, starting soon, the cinema cinema safe guidelines will be changing to where the disinfecting movies theaters between screenings is going to be optional. So I don't know, like I, you guys, we've all been going to the movies basically since tenant opened back up. So, um, I mean, how would you guys feel about that? I'm fine. I mean, it's, it's to the point now. I mean, you have so many people that are vaccinated. There's so many people that, I mean, eventually it's just going to have to go back to normal. So, I mean, Dr. Fauci just said this week that they're going to start easing indoor mask wearing too. So, Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it'll happen, but I mean, I'm fine with it. I don't care. Yeah. We have the vaccine now. So, it's the, you have an option to protect yourself better. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I'm more curious within the grand scope of like how, since everything has kind of unfolded to my mind, it seems like we've the, out of any business theaters have the one that have been playing absolute ball with every single restriction they've had to work with. And they've played by every single rule in this book. So if they're starting to ease things, all they're doing is following along with the course of everything that's being set through local government, local government, state governments, country, like the, the federal government. So like, I, I, I can't imagine they're making the wrong move here. I just found it very interesting because they, they do bring in that heavy cleaning equipment and they like scrub the hell out of those theaters. So, yeah, again, I mean, it, it, and that's really, they did that to appease um, reopening. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know how much that's actually effective because I mean, we, we still don't really know about COVID staying on surfaces. Right. And is it more it's of just an air transfer thing? I mean, as, as far as I understand, like you getting, you getting infected with COVID from like touching a surface is pretty minimal versus you know, yeah. breathing it if somebody else in the room was infected, that kind of thing. Yeah. So you're more likely I mean, to breathe recycled air in the room. So exactly that. Yeah. And I mean, uh, when you, if someone's actually sitting at your, let's say the Alamo at a table, 
Well, they're going to disinfect that when you leave anyways. So, Yeah, they wipe yep. down the tables after non-COVID shows anyway. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Right on. Well, wonderful. Things if they turned... keep it, great. And if not, whatever. I mean, it's probably the least of their problems. Yeah. I, oh, as yeah. far as being worried about it, I'm not worried about it. I don't. Well, wonderful. Um, I think uh, the most I'm... important thing is they need to find a way to get people to stop talking during movies. <laughs> like that's the real plague. You, you can't disinfect people's bad behavior, Brad, unfortunately. I'm sad to say. We've kind of learned over the past year that you can't disinfect bad behavior no matter how much you try. Well, I guess there's no point in living anymore then. So, Well, no, 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 Brad. That's not an invitation to lose. I'll see hope. you later. No, no, don't Brad, you leave. Nice work, Zach. Is I didn't your do anything of... here. <laughs> what? Brad, is your streak of bad movie watching continuing? Oh, yeah. Are we going to talk Everyone about it hasn't this changed. week? Uh, we okay. can. It's the so same you... story over and over. I'm not saying I've never had a bad experience in a movie theater, but it's never been anything like yours. So what we should probably do is we should probably go to a movie together and then see whose streak comes out on top. Okay. Whether your bad movie streak or my good movie streak prevails. I mean, you probably will because I, I just feel cursed that, you know, no matter what, no matter what show I go to, it's me and two other people. And for yeah. some reason I don't get the, 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 the better of that deal <laughs> and you'd think this would be alleviated by going with friends but whenever brad goes with me he hears me sniffling or laughing like a hyena you know that's not a way to live either so he's trapped no matter what um, but uh the uh <laughs> i do feel bad because when i went and saw mortal Kombat and imax the dudes who were in my row were really fucking obnoxious before the movie and then when the movie started they shut up so <laughs> So, so wait, you know what, Brad? I think I think we figured out your biopic. Should anyone ever decided to make decide to make it? It's just a, it's about like the diary of the bad movie theater encounters, you know. And it just that's like plays out. Title. Plays out. No, that's not the title. Like that's the premise. Is like it's a diary. It's like a it's an episodic journey through your bad experiences through movie going about how it changes your perspective on humanity. Um, I'm just hoping that the that the final chapter is a peaceful one. <laughs> but I, I I wish that you would I, I wish that you would get better luck in this because your your escapades with this have taken very strange turns like pre in a pre COVID world to say the least. So yeah, when I got assaulted, I I thought that was the end of it. Like that was going to be like, oh, you learned your lesson. Don't ever confront anyone about talking and. Yeah, you'll, you'll well, the universe will give back and you'll you'll get people to be quiet. But no, no, it's still just a curse. Once again, I'll suggest that I should go with you to the movie so then that way I can assault the people and you don't have to worry about it anymore. <laughs> the bodyguard. <laughs> Ryan, is Corinne exempt from uh, physical assault charges? Like, um, you, Yeah, if you're protecting yourself. Like well, you can. Well, I mean, I, you just can't walk up and pop somebody. But I thought that's what she said she was going to do. Yeah, she walks up and just pops somebody. Then yes, she is not exempt from it. But if someone decides they're going to try to get you, then yeah, you can protect yourself. You, 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 Brad. If somebody verbally of like says something that could even be vaguely considered verbal assault, that's when Corinne pounces. Uh, verbal assault doesn't exist. Oh, really? Yeah. 
what if uh, harassment. the guy hmm, told okay. me he was going to kill me? So is yeah, that that's harassment. Sweet. Okay. So then there you go. So then Corinne's sick, uh, Corinne's sick person, you know? Yep. Um, yeah. Cool. We've got a Can good plan you. here, guys. Yeah. Just Corinne in a it's Corinne in a greaser jacket from the fifties. <laughs> I think I have a leather jacket somewhere. Yeah. And then at the end you can say, Tell me more, tell me more, and then we can just turn this into a full on musical. Anyway, that's news, guys. Films are coming out on Blu-ray. I think I'm getting two this week. DVD releases and Blu-rays. Ryan is one of them Shrek in 4K. How did you know? I, I mean, <laughs> please tell me that's I mean, not true. How did you know that I was going to go down to the swamp and get... I don't even fucking know anything about Shrek anymore. Okay, okay, okay. I'll tell you. Can I get it in 4K? Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, you can get Shrek in 4K. You know, it's interesting. I read the, the whole review of it on... Um, I can't remember if it was Ultra HD or Blu-ray.com. But... They talk about how great that movie is. I'm like, man, I remember it being okay. I was never a big fan of Shrek. I loved it when I was younger. And when I tried to rewatch it not too long ago, I was annoyed by the amount of self-referential, like digging into meta humor that it, that it puts out. Like it's very, very like trying to be up yours, Disney. And I don't, mind that but for whatever reason it rubbed me the wrong way when i rewatched it that and shrek 2 overtook spider-man 2 at the box office and i was like fuck this okay well okay your personal grudges aside (laughs) first spider-man i can't remember how it played out one of the shreks made more money than one of the spider-mans and i was pissed that might be shrek 3 because spider-man 3 kind of dipped off didn't it i don't remember I i know the sequel beat 2 but they did release 2 after that so i don't know no, no, no. First one's and, good. Second one's better. I actually, mm. I remember liking the second one a lot still because of Puss. I like the character of Puss in Boots, but I think that's just because Antonio Banderas is amazing. Hey, Brad, are you yeah, in my boat? I-, I was never a fan of Shrek movies. Are you a fan? Uh, I, I haven't watched them in 20 years. I think the first one I was like, oh, that was like clever. I didn't expect it to be self-referential, but then like you know, they made three more of them and they, they ruined the I'm a Believer song and <laughs> perpetuate the Smash Mouth song. It's just like, okay, I'm, I'm good. I got it. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I should give them another try. I'm not going to spend any money on it. If they're streaming somewhere, maybe I'll watch one. Okay. Fair. I mean, I you've got a kid, Ryan, so you've got a perfect excuse to revisit it. Yeah, or I can show them cool movies like Raiders of the Lost Ark and stuff. Yeah, well, but he's Ryan... already seen those. Exactly. <laughs> If he has to see Shrek, I'll make sure I'm not working. I'll tell Laura to watch it with him. Or, or you know what, Ryan? You can circumvent all that and have him watch Saw in 4K. Because um, <laughs> that's a smart parenting decision, right? Right? Look, Kellen, <laughs> if you ever wake up in a dirty gas station bathroom, find yourself <laughs> chained to a pipe, this is what you need to learn how to do. No, guys, I do it all the time. I go to his room. It's like, Kellen, do you want to play a game? <laughs> <laughs> actually i think there's a steelbook the steelbook's pretty radical for that <laughs> Ryan, there's two steelbooks there's Ryan. two of them yeah best buy has one and uh, amazon has one yep which one's the better one i think the amazon one actually because it's like yeah, a sketched drawing of uh billy whereas hmm. i think the best buy one's just a photograph of him 
it's the TV. It's him on the TV. <laughs> yeah, you know what, Ryan? Know what I'm thinking of it? You know what would be a great, like, cool costume duo to do is Kellen goes as the Jigsaw Puppet and you go as Donnie Wahlberg from parts two through four. Because <laughs> he's a cop and, you know, it's... it's, it's, it's the a, Jigsaw! It's <laughs> Daniel! <laughs> I'm just going to... Wherever Ryan goes, I'm just going to lay in the middle of the room with a bloody <laughs> caved-in head and a gun in my hand. I, my actually, I think costume. I'm going to watch all of those movies this week. Do you think I could watch all eight of them before I see the ninth one? I mean, they're only like <laughs> no. one. At, at, they're at, at most, like the longest one is like running into the 100 to 10 minute range, right? So I think you could. Yeah, I think I, I think I could do it. When's the next When is When's the release date for Spiral again? Next this week. week. Next week, holy crap! I'm gonna, I'm, I'll cram them in. I've got Jigsaw as well, so we'll be, well, I'll be set. Let's go back to Sawland, boys. Also, Brad, if you do that, you, you know what you should do is just, just go into his house randomly one day and go game over. <laughs> just close the door and then just leave. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> that'd be fun, you know. You won't expect it, that's for sure. Let me ask you, Ryan: Is the one that you're getting the yearling? No. The Warner Archive. You're not. You don't want the story of Gregory Peck and Jane Wyman and their young child who adopts a deer. I'm sure it's a great movie. Wait, isn't that like the premise of the Omen? Yearling, <laughs> yearling. Am I wrong? Isn't no. Gregory Peck in the Omen? He is, he is. but he doesn't adopt a deer. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but he has like a demon baby. It's like Ryan, the same Ryan, thing. Ryan, we've been watching The Omen wrong. <laughs> <laughs> totally. It was totally about a boy's friendship with a deer. It had nothing to do with the son of the devil. <laughs> um, yes, Warner Archive is putting out The Yearling. It's a, a fine Technicolor achievement from 1946. Um, features Jane Wyman in one of her first Oscar-nominated appearances. So if you want to check out The Yearling, you should. Um, I know which one Ryan's getting. I've, I've been teasing it this whole time. But Ryan, in order to it, do it, you have to go to hell. But in order to go to hell, you've got to do it merrily. That's merrily, right. Merrily we go to hell with uh, <laughs> Sylvia Sidney and Frederick March. Uh, from oh, 19- way to bury the lead with Cary Grant, you mean? He is not listed at the top, so therefore he has to wait his turn, young man. <laughs> no, I think he's maybe the fifth or sixth build actor. Yeah, because this is in 1932. Before, yeah, yeah, it's definitely that's his first year in Hollywood, so it's definitely before he was Cary Grant. <laughs> I was just getting my start, darling. Um, yes, directed by Dorothy Arzner. Um, I actually am probably going to pick this up myself too, Ryan, because I've never seen it. But one of the writers is Edwin Eustace Meyer, who wrote, um, who wrote, quote unquote, uh, "To Be or Not to Be." Um, so I would like to check this out. Yeah, I don't. I remember it not being that good, but I watched it on YouTube, so that might be a problem. Well, yeah, yeah, you need to you need to fix that <laughs> because it wasn't available before. I totally watched it. I'm sure it's an illegal like upload of it. I've watched a lot of great movies on YouTube. I think it's just you. Well, uh, no, I'm guessing. Well, it's, the qual- uh, no, the quality, like the quality of the print, Corinne. Like, because I. One of the next Ballyhoo's that's coming out, we did a movie called To Each His Own, and it's only available here on the Internet Archive with a really crappy print that was clearly ripped off of TCM. So, I mean, you know, these prints are damaged to shit because nobody cares about them, especially the companies that own them. (laughs) The the print isn't the hard part. If I remember right, 
there was a lot of hissing and popping in the uh, audio. So it kind of made it a really like uh, tough watch. Well, you know who's going to fix, but you know who's going to fix that for you, right, Ryan? Criterion. Criterion, yeah. Yeah. It already has a brand new 2K scan, I think, or it's 4K. I can't remember. I don't, I didn't look at the specs, but um, I guess I'll find out when I pick it up. I don't know. I I in the, I, was, I I think I'm having in the next three months six Cary Grant movies are coming out on Blu-ray. It's and like Christmas for you all over again. I know. I, I'm guessing over the last six seven months, twelve of them have come out. So you got another six coming. Yeah, you know, I got um, Mr. Blandings is next week. Mm-hmm. Um, bringing up baby is in July. Yeah. Before that, it is um, the two May West films. Yep. Come up and up and see me sometime. Yeah. Uh, there's another. I can't remember what other one it is. Maybe that's it for right now. But you know, but you, but you you realize that in all these wonderful things that you've just announced, and yet I can't get George Washington slept here, or the horn blows at midnight, or Charlie's aunt in 4K. I I don't I, know. I don't get I don't get it, Ryan. I mean, what Two is, weeks ago, I got freaking room for one more a month ago. So it's good Ryan, times. Good time to be a Cary Grant fan. Yeah, but Ryan, what does Cary Grant have that Jack doesn't? I just don't get it anymore. I'm just I'm done trying to guess. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should just become a Cary Grant fan instead. You should. <laughs> Some cool kids are doing. <laughs> I don't want to be cool. I want to be you. I want to be me. <laughs> um, uh, hey, you know what, Ryan? Are you getting? Scream Factory's collector's edition of King Kong from 76. I am. And that's a piece of shit movie. But mm-hmm. it comes with a second cut from the TV. And it's like three and a half hours long. Why? I read the review on... I didn't know this about it. I read the review on Blu-ray.com. And uh-huh. it's actually divided into two nights. So it's uh... it's NBC presents King Kong. Night so, one, and then it's the second <laughs> night, and then um, it comes with tons of bonus features. I really just want to s- watch the bonus features and see how fucking batshit crazy this movie is because it's not a good movie at all. You, but so now, what you're telling me though, Ryan, is that before Peter Jackson, there was a three and a half hour King Kong movie before his three and a, three and a half hour King Kong cut. Correct, and it might be the longest three and a half hours of my life, but we'll see. Yeah, whereas the Peter Jackson version cruises on by because it's it efficiently made and well done. Um, <laughs> another <laughs> another criterion coming out is Fast Times at Ridgemont High, uh, the 1982 Cameron Crowe written uh, comedy directed by Amy Heckerling. Uh, I still love this movie. I will definitely be grabbing this. Um, I know that there's uh, an asshole amongst the cast, but I don't care. I like this movie. Um, and then Keener Lorber is putting out a movie called Tank. From 1984 with James Garner, he's uh, uh, standing in, uh, above the title tank with his thumbs up, and there's a tank that's about to shoot you, the grabber of this Blu-ray. <laughs> um, and then there's a 4K that believes in one thing and one thing only, family. Uh, the Fast and the Furious is getting its 4K release, a 20th anniversary edition. Between this and the 20th anniversary of Shrek, I want to take a look at all the life choices I've made going forward. Try to make better ones because 20 years has passed since Shrek and Fast and the Furious have been released. Um, but do you know what's a better movie that's coming to Blu-ray, at least in a reissue? The Smokey and the Bandit 3 movie pack. Two of those movies are fun. 
And there are two wonderful car movies that you can pick up on Blu-ray. Uh, and then last but not least, I am not sure what Shout Select is doing, but I applaud these decisions. All About the Benjamins with Ice Cube and Mike Epps is coming to Blu-ray. I had no idea there was a fan base around All About the Benjamins, but that is awesome. <laughs> and that is Blu-rays. Nope. I'm going to give oh, MBD some love and say the Action USA and Drive are coming out on their very indie tiny label so the mvd label and actually you're right i missed two others one that corinne would like and one that i will only find interesting first of all bachelor in paradise with bob hope and lana turner coming to warner archive and justice society world war ii uh coming from the dc universe movies um corinne do you know anything of this nope Nope. Ryan, do you know anything of the Justice Society? World yeah, War II? Justice Society is um, a group of superheroes that takes place during World War II. And uh, if I remember right, and I don't, I haven't seen the DVD, Blu-ray for it. I'm guessing Wonder Woman's on it. And hmm. um, yeah, I, you know what? I, I've seen uh, little flashes of it and the animation looks really cool on it i'm seeing two flashes on this cover not just one little flash <laughs> yeah uh because you got you know different eras of flash so it's golden age golden yeah. age dc and i see hawkman there yeah um, he's one of the first heroes at dc i <laughs> cannot tell yeah no no yeah but i can't tell i'm trying to f- suss out who's all who's all in the poster there's one in the far back that i can't suss out but anywho Justice Society. This actually might be fun, Ryan. Do you do yeah. we know do we know if this is coming to HBO Max as well or is this a Blu-ray oh, I'm sure only it will, thing? Eventually. Yeah, maybe I'll maybe I'll maybe I'll risk the money and give this a go. It's been a while since I've risked money on a DC uh animated film. I love the DC animated stuff. I do too, but I haven't like I haven't followed up on it for a while, so I I haven't been like too keen to follow up with them at all. I can't wait to see for, what they do with the long Halloween cuz that's a very uh um like benchmark book right there it's a beloved yep. book um but they didn't adapt to uh, tim sales art style which is disappointing so oh man but i get it they, they have a animation I mean, I studio that... that they gotta keep costs low on so well that too and you might alienate a lot of people his art style is really great but it's very unique that's part of what made that book great it's a, that, that, yeah. like a really noir style like they're just taking what they already have and turning like putting the long halloween on it you know i, yeah. I can't i can't remember the name of it but there was one artist's artist batman book that threw me off was um i think it's grant morrison's arkham asylum um i can't remember if that's the title of it but it was like really fucking bizarre looking artwork um sure. it, i think that's uh I think like, that's Sam Keith who did that one, or Kelly Jones. I can't. Oh, okay, so it's yeah, not Grant Morrison. Then I, I just remember it being about Arkham. I mean, Asylum, the artist. Oh, okay. Um, um, is it Grant Morrison? Go, no, Grant like, Morrison's the writer. Yeah. Damon. I, I can't remember. Hold on. Maybe I'll look this up while we move on. But anyway, that's Blu-rays. But yeah, Sam Keith's definitely the artist. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I, I that's love just the name so I remember is. attached to it. But I just remember that artwork being like messed me the hell up. Yeah, he, he's very unusual. Uh, Tim Sale, I always loved his Green Goblin in um, Spider-Man Blue. Okay. Be- because he gave him, like, tons of teeth, and he was really weird-looking, kind of like a gargoyle. Yeah, so it's Dave McKean, and th- it was written by Grant Morrison, so that's why I'm 
uh, alluding with it. But yeah, no, that yeah, there's some memories here popping back up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not even Sam Keith. It's Dave McKean. Yeah, Dave McKean. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Whoops. Sorry. Nope, you're fine. <laughs> no, I know, yeah, I know Sam Keith does one though, and his is really weird too. His Batman is really weird. The Joker, the Joker McKean does here is what is what messed me up because it's got like it's, it's like it's either blood smeared or just like just the rage of the Joker's eyes, like just like fucking messed me up when I was younger. So, but yeah. Um. Anyway, I'm glad I remembered a comic book. That's that's cool. I'm starting to get better. Nice. nice. That's Blu-rays, gentlemen. We watch films throughout the week in a segment I call What We've Been Watching. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Corinne, what'd you watch this week? Uh, I've watched a lot since I was on last time, so uh try to minimize interruptions here. Uh, I finished Shadow and Bone, the show on Netflix I had watched the pilot of last time. It's pretty good. I'll watch a season two if they make one, which I think they're going to. Uh, but this was like the show about, you know, people who can control the elements. And there's one person who has this power that's been sought out for many, many years. And it's going to like change the whole political landscape of this kingdom. And it's pretty cool. So that's that. And then I rewatched The Dark Knight. I hadn't seen it in a really long time and it's just as good as I remember. It's honestly kind of crazy how much they pack into that movie. And I think it's just because the scenes are so quick and to the point and they really just like so much foreshadowing, so much great character work, great dialogue. It's just awesome. But watching it with friends, obviously we were having a little bit of fun at the movie's expense <laughs> and like the scene where it's like, yeah, just, just hit Joker. It's fine. <laughs> just run him over. Um, so that's good. Um, rewatched Legally Blonde, which is perhaps the most feminist movie ever made. I could write a whole essay about it and I'm kind of tempted to. So if you see that at any point in the future, that's why. What's so the movie? Legally Blonde? Oh, Legally Blonde? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, I, I, Have you seen it? Yeah, but yeah, when my folks took me and my sister to see it in the theater, and my sister loves that film. I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the sequel. Have you gone back to the sequel at all? No, I don't like the sequel. It's kind of stupid. Okay, fair enough. Um, I remember the first one being a lot of fun and Victor Garber being an asshole in it. Yes, he is an asshole. Yes, he is a sexist asshole. Yes, which is hilarious because between that and 30 Rock, it's like Victor Garber is just like this sweetheart of a person, or at least it seems like it, but then he always plays assholes for some reason, so I don't understand. <laughs> or he's or he's arrogant people who, who at first think their ship won't sink, but then he realizes, oh shit, my ship can sink, and he stares at a clock, and this just sinks with his own ship. Meanwhile, Leo and Kate have to find their way to freedom from that sinking terrible boat doesn't he help a bunch of people make a, a movie in arco yeah he does yeah well no he's is i think he's the uh the uh, the the canadian prime minister in argo who's uh harboring the people who are um, hey, he's helping him he's doing yeah, good he's things him. he's not helping him make the movie is I, I, that's why he's hard. great in alias too yeah 
<laughs> We're talking about Argo, though. We're not talking about I'm Alias. Just saying Alias. He's, he's a good guy in Alias. Oh, Argo fun. He's also a good guy in The Flash and Legends of Tomorrow. Oh, he's Does, on those shows? Cool. Mm-hmm. Doesn't giving those people a place to sleep help them make the movie? Yeah, I guess that is true, because then they can make the fake movie, which then gets them the premises. It gets them into the... Yeah, watch Argo, guys. It's Thank a lot you. Of fun. Thank you. <laughs> okay. I, I, I'm sorry, Brad. I acknowledge that you know a Golden Age Hollywood radio... I've seen <laughs> the movie once. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't watched it again? We should watch it again. It's great. Um, and then cool. I've also rewatched Ted Lasso, which is awesome. I got two of my friends hooked on it. So if you haven't seen Ted Lasso, it's on Apple TV. It's totally worth like a week free trial or a month subscription just to watch the show because it's awesome. It's I about agree. an American football coach who goes over to England to coach soccer and Jason Sudeikis is a national treasure, and he absolutely deserved the Golden Globe that he got for his role as Ted Lasso. And it's kind of fun if you go back to the original skits that they based the TV show on. He's kind of an asshole <laughs> in the original skits, but they definitely like <laughs> modified the character so he's a lot more likable in the TV show. And he just wins you over so easily. And you're like, yes, Ted Lasso, I want you to succeed. I don't think there's ever been a time where I haven't liked Jason Sudeikis in something, so I want to check this out. Did you guys ever see We're the Millers? No. Yep. Oh, he's I a, love he's, he's a dick I'm, and colossal. He is a dick. I guess he is a dick and colossal. Is that he is a true. colossal dick? No. Yeah. Cr- cr- well, yes. Cr- Corinne, you need to watch Colossal. It, you'll like Colossal. It's really good. Um, but yeah, We're the Millers. Fuck, that's a funny movie. But yeah, it's such a great show. We laughed, we cried. It was a grand old time. My, I got uh, my friend who I got hooked on it. We watched six episodes on Saturday, and then she's like, "You got to come back tomorrow so we can finish the show." And so, sure enough, I came back on Sunday, and we finished the uh, the four episodes in season one. And season two is set to premiere in July. So, Brad, do you know? Is it like a Netflix thing where they drop all the episodes at once or is it more of a Disney plus thing where you have to wait each week? I don't know. I, I got into Ted Lasso like they were already all there. So right. I don't know. I think it might be the latter. I think it might be that they drop a new episode every week. Oh no. Right. The show is so good to binge watch though. Yeah. I stayed up all night. Did it in one sitting. It was so compelling. But I am enjoying yeah. the 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 weekly the return to weekly releases thanks to Disney Plus. So, like, but this for is what those, TV used to be like. Yeah, for those listening at home, if you have Apple TV and you have five hours on a Saturday or whatever, just drop what you're doing and watch Ted Lasso. It will change your life for the better. You won't need therapy anymore. I'm just kidding. Obviously, you will. But it's awesome, and it will it will make your heart smile. Anyway, <laughs> preaching the gospel of Ted Lasso here. All right, two more things, um, both superhero shows. I watched Invincible. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, I I'm was interested over, in your opinion on this one. Yeah, I was over at Jerry's house, and he just popped on the first episode, and we watched it, and I was like, oh, that's pretty good, and so we kept watching it. 
And then I think we, I forget how many episodes there are. There's like six or seven or something. Eight. Okay. I think we got like to the fourth or fifth episode. And I was like, we just got to finish this. Like, let's just go ahead. (laughs) And, uh, hmm. There were some aspects of it that I liked. I could tell the, it was weird. I could tell when the scenes were hand-drawn and I could tell when they were more computer animated. And I liked it when they were hand-drawn. But then whenever they switched over to the computer animation, I was like, oh, that looks so weird. But there definitely were scenes that were hand-drawn, and I appreciated that. The voice acting was all excellent. Um, There were several different times where I was like, wait, who is that? I know, I know that person. And so we had to just do the whole, like, quick look up on the IMDb page. And um, that was a lot of fun. Uh, Characters, some of the characters were really interesting. I really liked Monster Girl. And her, um, like, her powers and kind of the drawback to anytime she transforms, thought that was kind of compelling. And uh, even before the scene at the, I think it's at the end of the first episode, I was like, oh yeah, that character is evil. And then, of course, that, that scene happened and I was like, haha, I called it. That's, yeah. And who would have thought? That coach pitch softball would save the world, everybody. Who? You know, softball, like kids softball. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure he's coming back. <laughs> I mean, probably, but from what I heard, it it might be a good thing. Anyway, um. Yeah, there were definitely some aspects of it that I didn't like, and the violence was probably number one on the list. Oh, yeah. Just so needlessly violent. And Jerry and I got into a discussion about it because I had just been rewatching Justice League and Justice League Unlimited, where it was almost just like cartoonish how sometimes, like, you know, during the Cadmus arc, they blow up like an entire portion of the city and they're like, oh, but there were no casualties. And you see this shockwave going and it destroys highways and breaks apart buildings. And you're like, really? No casualties? Mm, Seems a little unbelievable. But then turn around and on the opposite end of the spectrum is Invincible, where everybody just explodes like freaking... Like a, gets his face planted in a subway car and then has to watch everyone explode as they pass by. Yeah, actually, we fast forwarded through that part because by the by the end of the night, we were just kind of like, all right, we got to finish this. And Jerry knew that that scene was coming and it was super violent. And he's like, you, we're going to fast forward through this. You don't want to watch it. And I'm like, oh, thank you. <laughs> but yeah, even still, just so much needless violence. It's like, <sighs> I get there has to be some, but really to this extent it's too brutal man i thought what was more exhausting is in the eighth episode like how many times uh omni man tells him you know tries to get like like why don't you get what i'm trying to say like it he says it so many times yeah i don't know like i said i think we fast forwarded through a lot of that yeah but i mean it was good i would probably watch the uh, season two when it comes out so yeah invincible it's okay you just have to know what you're getting into ahead of time but yeah and then the last thing i'll talk about is um so after i finished justice league and justice league unlimited 
I've decided I'm going to go back and rewatch Superman the Animated Series. And so I've done that, and I'm on the very beginning of Season 3, which was the last season. And there have been some really, really good episodes. Some that are just, like, okay, but um, a couple of the really good ones that stick out to me. There's one called The Late Mr. Kent, where Clark Kent supposedly dies because his car explodes and Superman obviously he survives but there was like a supposed witness so then he realized like oh I can't be Clark Kent anymore now I have to be Superman all the time and he actually like doesn't like that he's like no I want to be Clark Kent again so there's this whole investigation that happens and I don't want to ruin it for you but it's an excellent episode there's one where they introduce the Flash. That's pretty neat. Um, the one I just watched was, um, I think it's called Nighttime, which is when Bruce Wayne disappears, and so Superman has to fill in as Batman, and then he fights Bane, and he just wrecks Bane, because obviously he's Superman, and it's pretty cool. <laughs> Oh my gosh, you guys, Superman the Animated Series is so good, and they build up, like, all these things that come back in Justice League and Justice League Unlimited, and, like, just seeing Luthor and Brainiac meet for the first time, and how Luthor kind of hates him, but then, of course, in Justice League Unlimited, he's, like, in love with Brainiac, <laughs> and it's really weird, but yeah. In love, in love with them. Well, I, I'm sort of joking, but yeah, he gets to... <laughs> so what happens is at the end of Season 2, Justice League Unlimited... Luthor and Brainiac merge, but then Flash um, uses, like, his super speed to break them apart, and Luthor is desperately trying to get back that level of power he had while he was merged with Brainiac. Ah, gotcha, gotcha. So gotcha. in Season 3, he goes crazy, and he's trying to restore Brainiac in any way possible. That sounds like a really cool plot for a Superman movie. I would like to see that in a Superman movie. <laughs> I know, right? It's, like, all these awesome storylines. It's, like... We'll never get this on the big screen. This is yeah. just... But why don't, why don't we just say it out loud? I'd like to see that in a Superman movie. Maybe Warner Brothers is listening. Yeah, do an, a whole movie about the late Mr. Kent. That would Actually, be awesome. So far, we know that only the creators or the distributors of the Collector movies are listening to me and Ryan. So. <laughs> Wait, is that movie out yet? <laughs> what the? No, it got like canceled or something. <laughs> Wait, but they were f- so it, it's absolutely like done. It's just trashed in the garbage. And well, well they were filming it, and then the pandemic happened, and oh. then they. I yeah, I just read an article about how it uh, like shot for a week, and then they haven't shot anything else. Wow, that sucks. Ooh. Anyway, it's really cool to see all the origin stories for the different Superman villains, and it's just been. A lot of fun. So, yeah, Superman the Animated Series. It's on HBO Max if anybody wants to check it out, which I highly recommend. It's just fun. And that's what I've been watching. Zach? Um, not a whole lot. Um, I rewatched Isle of the Dead a bunch this week to gear up for a Ballyhoo. Um, that's a movie, Ryan, that if you haven't watched it, you should. Um, it's Val Luton. It's the second to last of the big nine horror movies he made. It stars Boris Karloff as a general who um, 
uh, goes off with a reporter to an island um, after a huge battle in the Grecian in the Grecian War of 1912 to pay respects to his wife. He finds that his wife's grave has been defiled, and suddenly they are quarantined on the island due to a plague. But it may not be a plague. It might be a notorious spirit known as the Vovacola. <laughs> the Vovacola. We, my, me and my guests will get to the bottom of that word, I swear. Uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's one of the more uh, very, it's like, it's, it's like almost like very pure Luton in the respect of just like, there's just like, there's, there's no moments of real levity in the movie. Like it is a down note through, through and through for 71 minutes. Um, but it's absolutely worth your time. Um, I really needed a laugh this week. So I popped on season five of the Simpsons and just kicked back for two full discs. Um, uh, Cape Fear is still a fucking amazing episode, and I just kept texting pictures to Ryan back and forth. Like the, well, I'll be damned. It's also illegal to put squirrels down your pants for the purposes of gambling. That's uh, hands down my favorite episode of The Simpsons. <laughs> it's so funny when you text me that I was literally bringing that up at. I don't know why I was bringing it up to <laughs> my boss. We were we were talking about something and. It reminded me of the part where Sideshow Bob is driving through the neighborhood and he's saying, the following people will not be murdered by me. Marge Simpson, Oma Simpson, Lisa Simpson, <laughs> Baby Simpson. And he goes through, everybody's like, home runs up, Mark, do you have the good news? <laughs> <laughs> that also uh, has the the great bit, uh, the bit of, uh, Mark, you want some parties before you go to bed? What? Come on, before they got, while they're still hot. <laughs> Um, How then, about you be Mr. Thompson from Terror Lake? Okay. Hello, Mr. Thompson. <laughs> I think <laughs> he's talking to you. <laughs> you smile and nod. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite episode of The Simpsons, hands down. Oh, my God. That's all. <laughs> well, anybody I, who speaks German can't be bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was wondering, or was, you've always had a lovely singing voice. Guilty as charged. <laughs> Uh, they, uh, and that's the uh, they they pull up to the to the dock, and Chief Wiggum and uh, uh, Lou and Eddie are, are all have their guns pulled out, and he's like, "It's a good thing you uh, you uh, uh, landed by this brothel." <laughs> <laughs> it's just that everything in that episode is just firing on all cylinders. Oh They're, yeah, like there's a joke a minute. You yeah. know, it's uh. <laughs> Anybody who comes into your house, you can do it. You can do anything you want to him. It's nice and legal. Is that so? <laughs> oh, oh, Flanders. Flanders. <laughs> uh, Mr. Simpson, you can't just do that when you've invited him into the house. Hey, hey, hey go, neighbor. Go, go home, Ned. Oakley, duckley. <laughs> just good um, stuff. I love I, that I have two like episodes that would be in contention for my top like 20 and definitely one in my top five. Um, in the top five would be Rosebud. Um, and it's not just because of the Citizen Kane elements of it. I really, really love uh, – it's a joke. It's a joke that I love just this, the way it lays out beat by beat. Uh, Smithers introduces the Ramones. Um, and Mr. Burns is just like, oh, these minstrels will soothe my soul. I just like to say this gig sucks. Yeah, up yours, Springfield. <laughs> and they start playing happy birthday to him. And they they end with, go to hell, you old bastard. Hey, I think they liked us. Have the Rolling Stones killed. But, sir, do as I say. 
you know, when I do uh, binge watches of The Simpsons, Mr. Burns always sticks out to me as one of my favorite characters. Oh, my God. He is awesome. Uh, the Last Temptation of Homer episode where um, uh, he, he he's uh, trying to resist having an affair with the woman he uh, with a co-worker. Uh, they go to the hotel and she says, like, let's order room service. They <laughs> they order room service and alarm goes off in Mr. Burns's office. And he goes like somebody's ordering room service to the company account, sir. I see. <laughs> fly, my pretties, fly. <laughs> he unloads a bunch of flying monkeys that just immediately fall to the ground. And he's just like, hmm, continue the research. <laughs> Good um, stuff. And then also like the last bit that I have on that, cause I'm going to go through the, I'm going to, I'm now going to plop through uh, season five through nine, but now, but uh, in uh, Homer and the barbershop quartet, which I think is an underrated episode. Um, really the, think it's underrated. I'm pretty sure it's one of the most famous ones. I see. I don't hear people talk about it in the same way I do other episodes. I love that one because it has a great throwaway, a throwaway line with a good visual gag of like uh, what, but dad like how what, what happened did fame did get to your head and you thought you and you would say you were bigger than jesus did we it was the name of our second album and you see an album that says the b sharps bigger than jesus <laughs> and also um w- uh when they uh when the talent agent comes up to them and goes I- i'd like to represent you mm, all except that police chief you've got to replace him you leave him to leave that to me and it shows Chief Wiggum in the car with his head out like a dog. Where are we going? Where are we going? Where are we going? And Homer lets him out of the car. And he leaves Chief Wiggum out in the middle of the wilderness. And he goes, no, no, no. Um, that also has the one where Chief Wiggum keeps trying to shoot the TV off. And his, her, his wife goes, Clancy, use the remote. Oh, that's right. He has his remote in his holster. Um, so yeah, the Simpsons friggin' wonderful guys. Um, yeah. And then the, uh, last thing I rewatched was the apartment, uh, Jack Lemon, Billy Wilder, Fred McMurray, Shirley McLean. Can't go wrong with that. A little, uh, foursome of people there. Um, that movie's still really wonderful. Um, I was supposed to record a Ballyhoo for it, but that did not happen, but I ended up rewatching it anyway. Uh, love it. So yeah, that's all I watched this week. Brad. All right, old stuff. Uh, I rewatched Ford v Ferrari. That's still great. Uh, I rewatched Zack Snyder's Justice League, but in black and white this time. Um, I actually prefer it in color because it's pretty, pretty flat in black and white. Um, Did it feel longer? No, it actually feels faster each time I watch it. Like it just breezes by. So maybe it's not good in black and white because no old time radio things happen in it. Um, I think it's just that the way black and white draws draws your eye to like one spot and it's already a square frame. Mm. It just kind of reduces the visual impact of everything. Okay. Like you only pay attention to one spot at a time. Um, and, and also it looked very vibrant in color. Like it, it, I don't know if it feels like it would work the same way that something like a Mad Max Fury Road <laughs> would in black and white per se. Actually, it's, it's not even that vibrant in color, <laughs> but uh, there's more going on, I guess, to... Maximize. Yeah, I agree with you, Brad. It seems pretty muted to me. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 so muted that the colors do stand out among that. But I mean, as compared to like a Marvel movie, it's definitely not colorful at all. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I rewatched Black and white to color. 
Yep. I rewatched uh, Exit Through the Gift Shop, uh, which I didn't get to do for my film explosion in 2010. Uh, but that was uh, also a really quick watch. And I uh, had forgotten a bunch of stuff about it. It's a documentary supposedly made by Banksy about a guy named uh, Terry who was supposed to make a documentary about him, but ended up becoming a street artist himself and then completely uh, making a mockery of the social impact of street art. Uh, He commercialized it, uh, basically turned it into like this big glamorous uh, uh, exhibition and it's like the opposite of what street art is supposed to be um and made a bunch of money off it and it's a really cool documentary um about that uh and then the last rewatch i saw was scott pilgrim versus the world in a theater in dolby cinema which i was like i've seen this movie at the esquire midnights i saw it when it came out i don't need to see in a theater and then my twitter feed just lit up with like oh my god i saw in dolby it's great i saw in dolby it's great and uh, Dolby Cinema isn't just audio; it's also um, a better visual presentation. Uh, and uh, yeah, I was uh, I was surprised. Like, yeah, it's visually better, but the sound, the bass lines in the movie, just tore through the seats. Like it, like um, the seats in the theater aren't 4DX, but it felt like 4DX. Hmm. Uh, it was crazy. Um, so that was pretty cool. And that movie's a ton of fun, but also made me feel really old because that movie has so much like energy and dynamics to it. And I was sitting there going like, come on, kids, slow down the talking. I can't keep up, <laughs> <laughs> um, which wasn't the case when I watched it. So I was like, God, this movie's going too fast and no one pauses for anything. I'm trying to keep up. Uh, yeah, that was great. And uh, unfortunately it's, it's still in theaters, so if you you just want to watch it in a theater, you can. But the Dolby Cinema contract has expired, so it is not in that presentation, and you've missed it by now. Um, but maybe you have it set up at home somehow. I don't know. Maybe you're, yeah. I have a feeling they'll try to bring it back in some form or fashion. So. It, they really should give it a couple more, because it's still doing well in theaters. They should open it up to that premium format. I know Wrath of Man... Uh, took up that space but come on all right uh then old stuff oh uh, old new stuff no i have sorry uh old stuff old stuff i rewatched uh a lot of people hate it but i thought it was a ton of fun is the watch i hadn't seen it since the theater and uh, i popped it on and i was like it's like three in the morning i'm like trying to stifle back laughs the dialogue is so funny sometimes the watch remind me is that ben stiller and vince vaughn and uh, richard adioy Ade and uh jonah hill or yeah jonah hill i think i'm saying the right name uh no it's jonah hill uh yeah jonah hill's like a uh like he tried to sign it for the uh to be a police officer and they rejected him because like he's terrible um and then uh Ben Stiller runs a Costco or manages a Costco and uh, he like he doesn't have any friends. He just has clubs. And so he forms a neighborhood watch basically as a club and becomes friends with these bunch of guys. And meanwhile, there's an alien invasion happening on Earth uh, that they're trying to investigate. And yeah, there's just it was fun. I don't know if it, 
anyone else is, remembers it. I, I haven't seen it since we saw it for our episode. I, I never, I never saw it. It it came out around um, that summertime where I was just. It was a bad it, summer. Yeah, it was a bad summer. Yeah, to say the like, least. There was the Dark Knight Rises, but also this one. There was a, a shooting with the neighborhood watch, and uh, they had to change the title to the watch. Yeah, yeah. I remember so, when it came out, like it was around that that time of like post rises or something like that, and I was just like, given everything that I'd been through, I was just not in the mood. But yeah. Um, but yeah. I would like to watch it. Is it streaming somewhere? Yeah, I watched it on HBO Max, I think. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, it's it's just fun. It's not like a great movie, but... It, uh, oh, yeah, but... <laughs> the banter between the characters is just... It's filthy and funny, so... Sweet. Um, yeah, give that a second look if you want to... Filthy comedy. Um, sorry, my list is all out of order. Uh, I watched Mortal Kombat Legends, Scorpion's Revenge. Um, I thought that was better than the live action movie. Sorry. Yeah. No, Thank you. Okay. That's what I said. I mean, not that the live action movie is terrible, but I just like, as far as like what I want out of a Mortal Kombat movie, that was it. And it kind of tackles the same stuff. So. Yeah, yeah, I felt like it gave you a better setup of the world and accomplished more. Like you actually got to see the tournament, which was really cool. But in yeah. the live action one, they don't even get to that. So it's like, oh, well, that was lame. Yeah, and you've got the Sub-Zero Scorpion dynamic, that whole history. Like, that's in there. Um, yeah, and you, you see, uh, like, a lot of other characters. So, yeah, it was cool. And there's, like, way more violent stuff going on. And yep. Raiden isn't a total idiot in that version either. Yeah. What are you saying, Ryan? No, no, I said, no, I, I don't disagree. I, I mean, I like them both, but I think the animated... Uh, film is better yeah um so yeah there's that um then some terrible stuff i watched uh has anyone ever seen dead heat from 1988 with nope. uh, treat williams and joe piscopo <laughs> no Fuck. Uh, yeah it's a it's a buddy cop movie where uh treat williams gets killed on the job and then uh resurrected so he's a zombie police officer and they have to. I'm on board right now. <laughs> uh, hold on. <laughs> uh, it's a comedy, but there's no jokes. <laughs> How is that uh, possible? <laughs> uh, well, they're jokes, but they're not funny. Oh, okay, um, gotcha. Uh, yeah, so yeah, they they investigate a murder. It they it tracks them down to this facility, which is actually like the science facility in like every '90s Star Trek show. Um. And, uh, yeah, they find out that there's this process that they're doing that reanimates people because Vincent Price is an old guy who doesn't want to die. And so he's been researching this process and, uh, they haven't been doing it f- for just that. They've been resurrecting criminals and they've been like putting on heists and, uh, they're all like mutated and gross. And anyway, Treat Williams dies, but like he comes back and they start to slowly decay throughout the movie. Um, yeah, and then Joe Piscopo is his psych is his his partner, and then like halfway through the movie, he gets killed, <laughs> and you're like, whoa. Uh, so Treat Williams is gonna just finish out the rest of the movie, and then the woman that they that works for the facility that uh also has like people out hunting her, she dies, like in a scene right after that where you're like, oh, she was also a zombie this whole time, 
like it seems like out of left field and then um yeah treat williams just tracks down everyone else throughout the rest of the movie like half falling apart yeah the moment you said joe piscopo i got worried but now but then you said the word vincent price and now i'm intrigued so <laughs> yeah piscopo's there to like just add a ps to everything that happens that isn't funny um hmm. sounds like, familiar <laughs> <laughs> like there's all kinds of stuff that happens that you're like no one needs to comment on any of this and then he'll just add something that like i don't feel like was his suggestion at all um but he hmm. does it um or maybe it was and he's just terrible i don't know i never seen a ton of his stuff beyond saturday night live well, you've seen him on Star Trek at least once in that uh, episode where Data tries to get a sense of humor. So. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's the comedian. Is his credit. <laughs> <laughs> but that was Star Trek and it's way written way better. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, he's fun on SNL, like but that's usually because he's being paired with Eddie Murphy and they they worked off well together. So. Yeah. There's a whole cast of comedians in that that show. Yeah. Uh, and then I watched Mystic Pizza, which I'd never seen before, and that is not a movie I thought it was going to be. <laughs> that is very well, much it's a, not about pizza. <laughs> I mean, I knew that going in. That was already disappointing, but the fact that it's uh these three women just coming of age, like, and them dealing with their romances, just boo. I'm like this needs to be a fun like Ooh, breakfast club. To women going through romance Brad shitty romances Corinne they're terrible they have the worst judgment and they deserve everything that happens to them wow in this movie <laughs> yikes the one girl uh she is the babysitter of a guy whose wife is away on vacation and so he hires her to babysit and watch the daughter so he can do I assume his architect stuff not really sure what his job was um but then she sort of seduces him into cheating on his wife. And then she's upset when he goes back to his wife. So don't feel sorry for her. Um, Julia Roberts um, falls for a super rich dude. Um, so obviously when he takes her to meet his parents, um, they're going to be mean to her and hit him <clears throat> uh, because she's not from their side of the tracks. Um What's the other one? Uh, the other sister is dating. Um, uh, no, she's uh, the fiance of uh, Vincent D'Onofrio. Um, he loves her and wants to marry her, but she loves him, but doesn't want to marry him and just uses him for sex. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, like he legitimately wants to like marry her. So um, he tells her off pretty, pretty well. Um, yeah, and that's about it. So, so Brad, what was mystic about the pizza? Uh, there's a, a local food critic who is really mean to restaurants and eventually comes to theirs. And of course he tastes one bite of theirs and, oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> so this is ratatouille, but bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ratatouille <laughs> took this scene and made a whole movie out of it. Brad Bird's just like, you know, I, I really could care less about, uh, about about these shitty romance plots, but yeah. this scene here, it's got possibilities. <laughs> what, what if we, we replace need to the- do is we need to make a follow-up to this movie. It's been on for whatever, 
where the romances are good and we'll call it sexy pizza. And we could get we could get a local company that we are aware of to sponsor that. Yeah, there's yeah, the, sexy pizza. Yeah. That's a local chain in Denver yeah. for anybody who doesn't live here. Yeah. Sexy yeah, we got pizza. It. <laughs> um shoot, I was gonna say. Damn it. Um yeah, the movie needs to just be like fifty percent pizza, fifty percent that story. Whereas this movie's like two percent pizza. <laughs> 98 percent everything else i hate i want a movie called two percent pizza now <laughs> i don't know what it would be and then the last thing i watched was does anyone remember driven a formula oh, one the, movie with sylvester with stallone? stallone yeah i've never seen this but i always remember that poster whenever i would go to the theater with my dad you need to tell me about this uh there's not much to tell um but the first thing like five minutes in the first thing i thought was like I'm paying attention to the editing of it. I'm like, this looks like the editing from any given Sunday. And so I did a dive on IMDb. And sure enough, one of the many people on both those movies that edited it is the same guy. So if you're watching Driven and you've seen any given Sunday, you'll be like, wow, I'm pretty sure these edited by the same guy. You would be correct. Um, And it's kind of the same narrative structure too like there's a lot of different storylines happening to different like to different people that aren't connected but all eventually do kind of connect um but the big one is uh burt reynolds has a couple formula one racers his main you know like his up-and-coming guy is in the in a slump so he hires stallone to come back for out of retirement and replace another guy so that he can support the, the the new guy better and meanwhile his star guy is rivaling with uh it's about a rivalry um with, <laughs> most car racing movies are it's all they are <laughs> with this other dude who's uh hugo stiglitz from um inglorious bastards and he's having a relationship <laughs> drama with his uh girlfriend um and eventually she splits and uh, hooks up with Burt Reynolds, a star guy, and uh, there's racing <laughs> underneath all this. And uh, oh, the yeah, star guy has a brother who's trying to be his agent, and uh, like Stallone being in the mix kind of puts a wedge between them because Stallone's giving him all the best advice now. And uh, yeah, it's it, at one point they're in Chicago. And once uh, Stiglitz's girl goes back to him, uh, Star Guy gets frustrated and hijacks a Formula One racer that's at the party and peels off into the Chicago streets. And Stallone does the same thing to follow suit. And they, you know, blow through red lights and knock over newsstands and cause causes thousands of dollars worth of damage and endangers so many lives. And are able to go back to the race the next day, only incurring $25,000 fines. <laughs> no police intervention at all. Uh, is, the, is the world of Formula One able to pay off the police better? Like, <laughs> Clearly. I mean, they do chase them through the streets, but no one spends any time in jail. No one goes to uh, court for all the like people that crashed their cars and intersections <laughs> um upended sidewalks 
uh, sewer lids are thrust out of the manholes and into oncoming cars because the Formula One racers go so fast, they create a vacuum um, <laughs> that sucks out these CGI manholes. Um, yeah. The physics of this seem absolutely impossible. I want to see this movie now. <laughs> the movie's absurd. Um, and yeah, it's not great. Like, it, it feels so much like any given Sunday that I, I think if you've seen that, you'll yeah. you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm um, getting the energy vibe of it right now. I may want to check this out, Brad. <laughs> and because there's multiple editors on it, you just know that like they had probably a better movie. And then some producer came along and said, like, this isn't edgy or hardcore enough for like today's young audience. We need we need to make this feel younger and like more uh let's like let's add techno to it. Let's let's cut to random b-roll that we have of just people in line at the Formula One track, you know? It's just like, oh my God. <laughs> Get out the scissors, boys. Let's jump cut the shit out of this thing. <laughs> There's so many just like jump cuts to other stuff, um, like at raves and the only the only thing it does better. And I think this came out the year after that football movie was that they don't have like the weird flash tones. Mm, that's that seems like it's more of a stone thing. Yeah, Oliver else. Stone thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's no like additive dissolve, and then yeah, like, that that's Stallone. Washed that's, out. <laughs> yeah, that's not Stallone. St- Stallone Stone. <laughs> Stone. Yeah. So yeah, after I watched that, that's why I watched Ford v Ferrari because I had to watch a good racing movie. <laughs> So. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're right, Ryan. Every car movie is a rivalry movie. Yeah. Is <laughs> wait, what about Cars Two? That's more of a spy movie. Yeah, uh, but he has a rivalry with the uh, F1 racers. I guess that's true. Who's the rivalry with in the first one? Is it just is it just is, is it just McQueen and Doc? Like they haven't kind of like yeah, they're he, having he's a rivalry with himself. Oh, that's right, 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 right. Yeah, this is a reflection movie. I forget. Yeah. <laughs> Cars franchise. This is so introspective. That's my new project is can you make a, a racing movie that's not a rivalry? Can you make a racing movie where the joy of driving is enough? I guess that's any road trip movie, I guess. Yeah. Well, yeah, but we need to make it about going in a circle and not down a, a line through the United States. Well, if you're going for horse racing, I would say that Seabiscuit is not a rivalry. Yeah, there's not really a rivalry. There's just uh, human drama unfolding at the seams, whether it's Jeff Bridges' kid dying or uh, Pollard losing uh, vision in one of his eyes or Chris Cooper. Uh, I cannot remember his subplot, but they all have tragedies in their lives. And it's made out to be like a Ken Burns documentary in format, which is really interesting. I've never seen it. Ryan, what'd you watch? Uh, I only watched three things this week. Um, I rewatched uh, Loaded Weapon 1 because Frank McRae died. And uh, I love him in not only that movie, but also in um, uh, Last Action Hero. And uh, uh, so it's just a Sorry, a I just remembered movie. Dead Heat also has the, the, like if Frank, I guess Frank McRae was busy. Uh, but their 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 police captain was also that character. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, it's like in it's in everyone. Remember, they also there's also the police captain in Cobra. That's the same way. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely a cliche. But uh, I, I've always lo- loved that movie uh, growing up, and it's a film I've always wished would be on Blu-ray because 
like the DVD, actually, the transfer is not too bad, but it's just not really well defined. And, and the sound could be better. Um, Isn't it coming out on Blu-ray soon? Uh, Last Action Hero comes out next week, but... Um, yeah, no, Loaded Weapon, I thought I saw that it was getting one. No, I, I've never seen uh, one get, getting it. If it's getting it, that makes me happy. I'll double check while you continue. Cool. Uh, yeah, so it's just uh, there's so many jokes there, and it's so cleverly written that... Um, I, I just love that film. Um, I, I've been rewatching Old Family Guys because I got to get back on my um, article series for that. And I, going back through, I forgot some of the episodes that are just really funny. Um, and the last episode that they had before they were canceled was called uh, Viewer Mail, where the viewers sent in ideas for episodes. And there's this one where Peter can turn into whatever he wants and yeah so he uh, Meg begs him to go get a locket of Justin Timberlake's hair and (laughs) so he uh, morphs into Britney Spears and still has Peter's voice which is really funny but the best joke and it's one of my favorite jokes ever and I can't believe I forgot all about it but he goes and hugs and kisses uh, Justin Timberlake. And he goes, and now I'm Gene Shalit. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> it's so stupid, but it, it makes me laugh. Um, it's every time where, I watch it. It's also the one where Adam West <laughs> thinks that in order to stop the Griffins from their superpowers, he has to get superpowers. So he rolls around in toxic waste. <laughs> <and> yep. Lymphoma. <laughs> yeah. It's just, what in God's it's, name were you doing that for? <laughs> I was trying you know, to get superpowers. The one before, too, uh, Peter gets opens up a bottle of Pawtucket Pat, and he gets um, a genie that pops out of it for some unknown reason. Mm-hmm. And his final wish is getting his own theme music. <laughs> Funny. Um, silly stuff that just makes me laugh. And um, I don't know. I guess I was kind of in a mood for that this week. Um, did I talk about dodgeball last week? Yes, you did. Okay, cool. I can't. For, I always forget where I leave off. Um, and so the other, only other thing I watched this week that I hadn't seen is The Old Guard uh, with Charlize Theron. Um, and that movie's not good. Um, like the action's pretty cool in it, but they have this really horrible techno electronic soundtrack that they play every once in a while, whenever, I don't even know, whenever the action's about to start or the action's going on, it's this really obnoxious music, that selection that they chose. They went from um, a score, which was not bad, to, I guess, pop hits. I don't know what they were trying to do in the film. Um, But in the film, anyways, uh, Charlize Theron plays a woman who is immortal, and she's part of the old guard and they just go through history uh, saving people and helping. And uh, while they're on this one mission they got hired for, they are double crossed because some evil pharmaceutical guy wants to harness their powers to help humanity or whatever. And then some other person gets these powers. And so Charlie Theron's character has to go recruit her. And the girl who plays Niall is not a good actress. So it's 
in this film. I don't know if she's good anywhere else. I don't know if I've seen her anything else, but um, it just, you know, sometimes an actor doesn't fit the role they're in. This is definitely that person. Uh, I mean, the action's cool. It's pretty violent, but I don't know. It's just, it's there. It's on Netflix and it's okay. And, oh, and I, I, I did um, try the uh, Netflix uh, play something for me. And the first thing it picked was Mystery Science Theater 3000, The Gauntlet. So um, I watched that and I've watched uh, the Mac and Me episode, which is an amazing episode. <laughs> um, <laughs> just everything about it is really funny. And uh, I just got done watching, I think it's Atlantic Rim. <laughs> I think it's said Pacific yeah. Rim. <laughs> And that movie is so bad um, that even the jokes they were telling, you kind of laugh at it, but you get distracted about how bad the movie they're watching is. Um, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that I forget what the next one is. But, yeah, it's a it's a pretty fun show. I, I obviously I love Mystery Science Theater 2000 when I was really young and. Um, Brad remember this they used to be VHS uh, recorders and it would play really late night on Comedy Central and I would record that and late night with Conan O'Brien every night so I had video cassettes that would have Conan O'Brien and Mystery Science Theater 3000 on it Um, and yeah that's how I got into it and so watching the new stuff is really fun so I, I, I'm a fan of play something for me Netflix for the first time I used it. I forgot to say in news that uh, Mr. Sands Theater funded a, a new 13 episode season off a of Kickstarter. So nice. That is yeah, right. it's a really popular show. They have their own like uh shout factory has their own like store just for mystery science theater 3000 stuff so yeah like 36,000 people raised 6.1 million dollars for wow. And it's not even going to be on Netflix, so it's going to be on their own Gizmoplex Good. streaming service. Good for them. Yeah. Only time I've ever seen Mystery Science Theater 3000 was in a high school science class. Are you opposed to trying to revisit it? No. I would do so. It Why is great. was it in your science class as part of the curriculum? I don't know. I remember <laughs> we also watched Dumbers in my geometry class one time. I we wish also I watched On the Waterfront in another class. My uh, school was really weird. <laughs> on what? In regards to social studies? Because that would make complete and utter sense. No, I can't remember. Were you trying to learn about union disputes? I don't know. No. I just want to go to Corinne's school because it sounded like they showed cool stuff during class. So. Watch, a watch. Is there an Elvis Presley movie called Kid Galahad? No, Kid Galahad is a boxing movie with James Cagney. Oh, well, I don't know what the hell we watched then. I don't know. Weird. Anyway. Hey, that, that's what I watched this week. Um, <laughs> this week, we saw Wrath of Man. Brad, do you recommend Wrath of Man? I don't know. I'm. Uh, it has some cool stuff in it, but I'm also kind of over the whole revenge fantasy thing right now, so... It's definitely a lot more dramatic than the trailer makes it seem. Uh, 
but yeah, there's like a lot of uh, like the ending really just was really unsatisfying for me. So if you're looking for more of a, I think a character study <laughs> um, of a guy who's has one mission uh, and doesn't care about anybody else, this might be the movie for you. Corinne, did you watch the film? I didn't. My friend and I were going to go to the theater, but then we decided to go to her house and watch Ted Lasso instead, <laughs> which I think we made the right choice. Like the complete opposite, like sen- <laughs> sentimentality of this movie. Oh, good to know. I'm, I think we made the right decision. Zach, do you recommend Wrath of Man? Uh, sit away from the film and go back to it at some point because I was not expecting the pacing of this film. So it threw me off a little bit. Um, and uh, not that Guy Ritchie hasn't gone, gone through this kind of pacing before, but um, to watch it broken down the way it is, I actually really appreciated the attempts made at several points here in the film. Um, I don't think every part of it works, but um, I appreciated the way it did break it up from the different perspectives of the crimes um, and the different players involved. And I actually really liked Statham in the movie a lot, like because of what he's being asked to do. Um, it's not a perfect movie, but I do recommend people check it out in the, in the scheme of Guy Ritchie movies that we've been exposed to within the last two years between this and the gentleman. I actually think this one's a little bit better. Um, and also Scott Eastwood's a pretty cool bad guy. I think he should start being bad guys and not trying to be a hero character. That'd be awesome. So, yeah. Go ahead and check it out. Yeah, I actually, I love this movie. <laughs> I had a lot of, uh, one, because I actually got my expectations subverted in this film, um, where uh, it starts kind of like a B movie, where it's a lot of, um, you know, the mentor is, his name's Bullet, and I'm going to show you the ropes. And then it, dives into a crime drama and uh it takes some turns that i did i mean i didn't expect from the trailer and from the first i don't know 20 minutes of the movie um yeah i fucking love this movie here's the uh trailer for wrath of man it's his son his only son to know who's responsible i killed my son we've deployed large amounts of time money and effort in the search for justice not good enough it's gotta be an inside job you're gonna have to go undercover us as an armored truck driver we have a new addition may i introduce h cash trucks can be dangerous the bunch of fucking friends. They're serious. Leave this to me. Throw the money in the flatbed. Just do what he says. Who is this fucking lunatic? Who'd you work for? Suck my fucking dick. What did you say? I said. We need a different approach, boss. It's not any of the usual suspects. What do you want me to do? 
I can do in two weeks. We only wish you could do in 20 years. You're gonna give me a name. I need a face. I need to understand. Resourceful. That's serious I am. And I do bear a grudge. He's a dark fucking spirit. And uh, Wrath of Man, Jason Statham plays a guy named H or Hill. And, boss. Uh, <laughs> boss. Um, and he gets a job at a security company after uh, a couple of their guys were murdered on the job and money was stolen. And uh, he comes from uh, some defunct security uh, place in England. And while he's there, they go on a, a delivery and people try to steal money from him. And then he kills them all, you know, post Malone. Sorry, dude. Um, <laughs> and uh, he becomes a hero. And this is what I mean. Like it's a B movie at the beginning because the, so you have the, you know, the crime at the beginning. And then you're introduced to Jason Statham's character where he really doesn't talk very much. Mm-hmm. And then they go to immediately being money and robbed again. And he starts just like wasting these dudes who have shotguns and machine guns. And he has just his, you know, his freaking nine millimeter. And he even does that part where he's in between the door and he, like pulls his pants up and then shoots the guys in the head. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then he chases Post Malone's character through this warehouse. So it has this like B movie slasher film to it. And then it kind of changes its tone. Goes into crime drama. Like you said, crime drama. I was like going to say, like it goes back into Guy Ritchie's gangster movie territory. Yeah. Like- because you, you find out that. Um, I mean, from the trailer, you find out that his son was killed in that at some, at some point, and his son was killed in the um, the beginning. But he was killed kind of brutally, and you you also find out that Jason Statham isn't this guy. He's like uh, head of a gangster. He's like a mob boss, mm-hmm. and he gets consumed with uh, his son being murdered, which I get if you know. Um, and so he does whatever he can to find out who killed his son. And it goes through some pretty brutal freaking um, scenes. And uh, it has this really dark edge to it that I wasn't expecting from the trailer at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, when, you, when I saw the name Guy Ritchie on there, I'm like, this will be different than what I'm being sold. So I'm definitely on board to check it out. Um, I was definitely not expecting the amount of brutality we got here. But you mentioned that he doesn't say a lot of words in the movie, Ryan. I, I that's not the reason I love the performance, but I love the fact that he he's very much like a silent, like you know, menacing presence presence throughout yeah, you the know, movie. But he at the beginning, but he slowly does towards the end. I mean, really, uh, I think his character changes when he uh, sleeps with that one lady there. Mm-hmm. And she comes out and he's basically telling her, 
this is how it's going to be. And then you start learning more about his backstory. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, uh, it's pretty interesting. Yeah. It, it's the, the, when, when they are going through the list of people they've got to kill and the amount of, the amount of avenues they take and the brutality that ensues just within those isolated, like episodic kind of moments. Like it is, it lays into like, it's, it's very much a movie that creates a lot of atmosphere surrounding the seediness of this whole situation. And the, the thing that diverts it off even further in a place that I certainly was not expecting is suddenly it's a heist movie with these ex military men who are you know you know disenfranchised shoved off to the side in terms of their jobs and so they decide to start robbing armored cars and i appreciate the way everything kind of coalesces together I, the i did this feel like one of the slower guy Ritchie movies that's come out recently like it like it, it moves at a it moves at, the, at its own methodical pace it's not interesting all, all this all the scenes where like the ex-military guys hang out and then uh uh, Statham, Statham's crew felt like Tarantino scenes to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where they they slow burn and then they come to a boil, and I I couldn't tell if like I would have to go back to the last couple of Richie movies and watch them. Like I because I haven't seen The Gentleman since theaters, but I remember that moving quicker by comparison. And it was just interesting to watch everything kind of sit in it. And the movie's two hours, but it does feel like you get a full experience out of it. Um. I think my only complaint about the movie, honestly, is I actually like Brad said something at the top of the show that uh, I could definitely feel is like I'm kind of uh, tapped out on revenge movies as well. <laughs> um, and so I don't know if that really affected my enjoyment of the film per se, but like I, I did feel myself feeling a little fatigued, like, OK, I know like, he's going to get his revenge. Cool. And uh, but I do love when he does get his revenge on uh, Scott Eastwood's character. Uh, that's a. I think that's actually a really fun moment where he talks about like the has him read the autopsy report and then just goes like, "I want your liver." Shoots his liver. He's like, "Then I want your lungs." Like it, it, that was a f- good moment, and I like that Statham's not being asked to be quippy quippy in the movie. Like he is like Guy Ritchie's giving him like a like a true thing to chew on here in terms of like a, a revenge story of like a a father who's avenging his son in that respect. Like, I think it's something that Statham rarely gets asked to do to my mind where he doesn't have to be like full on action star mode. He gets to kind of go back to a, a more grounded territory. I think that that, that that's a great final moment that's ruined in the setup because like, like I in the theater, if I could, I would have been like, boo, because they make us think he's dead. And then yeah. don't explain why that's not true. He's just there. Well, I'm just they, like, okay, I guess he's like, you know, he took four bullets in the in the prequel and lives. So I guess he just can just always do that, you know. The, even though a uh, bullet had him point blank. The the there's a shot when they are driving away where they cut back. You can see his eyes fluttering. Yeah, but I'm just like he just got. Like a, a like shot with a machine gun over and over again. Like, yeah, maybe he doesn't die instantly, but like I get he's watching him go away. But I'm like, there's a diff, There's it just felt like such a lazy writing. Like, like he just got to that point. It was like, okay, you know, we'll figure it out when we get there, and then mm-hmm. you know, we'll let you know his coolness explain it away because I can't think of a better way to uh, 
like there's no reason to write him that bullet gets uh the drop on him like if statham was actually really smart he doesn't have to intervene in this situation at all um he's already through the conversation to figure out who all these people are he has the assets and the resources to track them down later so um yeah. yeah, but I think in that instance, and I mean, I'm just shooting off the cuff here. I think them being there uh, already, like in the area where he can get them, I think is why he did it. Well, yeah, obviously. Because, yeah, I mean, he might not get another chance. So, yeah. But at the same time, I'm just like, it's such a weak, like, oh, let's make you think he's dead. And I, I uh, yeah. well, I never thought he was dead. I didn't think so either, but I'm just like, if he, he's really going to come back and just like explain away, like, oh, yeah, he, he got shot a bunch of times, but he's okay. I was just like, yeah, he's, he's wearing armor ish. You couldn't come with anything. Any, well, all the other guys <laughs> that he was shooting against also had armor, but, and they got wasted, but yeah. Well, I, if, if you watch him, he would shoot them in the legs or like point the gun like really close onto their neck or something. Yeah, bullet was right there. Like he could have shot him in the head easy and he didn't. So that was also yeah. like, okay. So Bullock is, is an idiot. Well, yeah, he um, is an idiot. But even though he he's I don't understand play. why he would explain to. Well, I mean, I understand why he did because he needed him on board to get his dudes into the into the depot. But it's right. really weird. I like you. By the way, you don't do what I do. I'm gonna fucking kill you. <laughs> yeah, doesn't even offer him any money. Like that would have been like. I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't know that Statham would would refuse that anyway. But you know, they're so greedy that like, yeah, I like you, but I'm not going to give you anything. Like, you get your life. Um, but I just feel like someone as clever as Guy Ritchie could have written a better thing. Like, it would have been so cool if there was like, like we actually did think that Statham died, and then there was like a cool reason why he didn't, and that didn't happen. He's just he's just there. So yeah, I just thought it would have been like a little heightened, would have been just a little yeah. bit better, you know. Yeah, like I said, I I but I really love the movie. I because I, I like movies where I don't expect what's going to happen. Um, I mean, in so much as when I'm in the film, I mean, nothing in the film shocked me. Um, but you know, I was expecting because when you see Guy Ritchie attached to a film, you know, I expect something like Snatch or that's really quippy and really quick. And this one was kind of a slow boil and, um, but it didn't start that way. It started as kind of this goofy B movie heist film with people trying to rob (laughs) armored trucks. And then it just went to, Nope, he's going to murder a bunch of, uh, shitty, horrible porn guys (laughs) for, uh, cause it's not the guys who killed his kid. And, um, like hey. the coldness of him is really cool. Juxtaposed, uh, put on where how much he cared about his son. So it's kind of a cool dynamic there. Yeah. And there's also like early on in that um, first act where he's uh, doing that drop with Josh Hartnett. And like right away, like the fact that Bullet isn't there and he gets captured and we don't see like anything that led up to it. I was like, oh, Bullet's the guy on the inside oh yeah so that was like yeah, oh, i wish there was more of a like a mystery to that yeah josh hartnett's character was too much of uh, a wuss and a coward for it, me I, to I, buy that he'd be involved with the army guys i was 
I was like puzzled why Josh Hartnett was given such a throwaway role, but I don't know. Like, I guess he just wanted to work with Guy Ritchie or something. That's better. I mean, it's totally against type with him because, you know, he's usually the heartthrob hunky dude or the hot or like playing a hot shot kind of like vibe. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. That's it. And I, I mean, that's why too. I mean, you mentioned Eastwood. I mean, I liked him a lot in this movie because he, even though he was kind of just the, you knew he was the unhinged guy, but he had a nice menace to him. Yeah. So this is something I wanted to ask you because um, a couple of years back when we saw Pacific Rim uprising, I, I remember kind of defending Scott Eastwood in the, in the vein of just like, you know, give him a chance to develop something out of it. This is what I, this is the thing I want to see him do. I want to see him play villains. I don't think he can do the, the hero thing like his dad did. I think he really needs to lay into villain roles and kind of embrace that little side of him. Cause he has a really good, like, like, holy shit, this guy is going to fucking explode. Look in his eyes. <laughs> and very much Wayne grow from heat. Yeah. Yeah. Actually less sadistic though. <laughs> well, yeah, he's a little calmer, but like that like but you get what I'm saying? Like he, he could pull that off in other films. Like you give him a little more time to develop. I'm not saying he's gonna like blow your mind in some well, kind no, of serial I mean, killer I drama, think, but <laughs> uh the moment that really sold me on him is it's pretty late in the film, but when he is about to kill uh Statham's kid yeah. and he's like there's a moment on his face where he's conflicted, but then he's not anymore. Yeah. He snaps it's, out of it pretty quickly. Yeah. He's it. There's a great like acting moment where he says, man, should I kill this kid? I should, because there's millions of dollars at stake and yeah. he doesn't care. And then he mows down Statham too. I think it's a great um, acting without words, just with your face. Yeah. He's, he's starting to develop a presence about him that, I think could definitely work in his favor. Also, my 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 beloved Eddie, Eddie Marzan, of course, makes an appearance because this is a Guy Ritchie movie, and uh, I, I I was thrown off at first by his attempt at an American accent, like here with the, in this particular vein, but uh, I got settled into it, and I appreciated watching him be a little side character throughout the movie. So, anytime Eddie Marzan pops up, it's a good time. So, um, yeah. So yeah, here's, it, here's, here's a wild thing. Um, so I've been watching Unsolved Mysteries uh, for a couple weeks now, uh, old episodes. And one of the episodes that came up was about a bunch of bank robbers. I think it was in California too, or Los Angeles. Um, they had tunneled. They had gone into the underground tunnel systems and drilled up through the bank, two banks in like the same block. Mm-hmm. Same intersection um, in the middle of the night, uh, emptied them out, and then escaped back through the tunnels on ATVs. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. And got away with it. Uh, they did it twice. Um, the second time, they didn't get as much money because there was like something went wrong, but they still escaped. And they had a third tunnel drilled, but the police found the tunnel. So they never went back. Oh, okay. finished it. So, uh, but yeah, like they, like they used some of their earnings to like buy a, like this industrial grade diamond cutting drill. Um, like they were pros and like, like I said, they've never been caught to this day. So, uh, but like the whole ATV sequence and escaping through like that underground system, I was like, 
I, this feels like deja vu to me. The only thing about, I, I have a comment about that ATV thing and it's not like a, it's not necessarily a detriment to the movie, but like, you don't think the cops are going to f- not find those ATVs after the fact, like what, like you, cause you kind of just leave them there and you're going to put the money in the Prius and then duck out of the Prius. Like, Oh well, yeah. I mean, you could find the ATVs, but I'll let you in on little inside baseball here. I mean, Hey Ryan, tell us how to crime. well the thing is is even if you put dust fingerprints on the atvs chances are you're not gonna be able to pull the fingerprint off of it Mm -hmm. and even if you do the only way you're gonna hit somebody is if they have a previous um criminal record that they had to be fingerprinted for okay so the fbi keeps fingerprints on file if you commit a crime so does the colorado bureau of investigation or anywhere you live but you still have to have committed the crime before Mm -hmm. for them to find you it's um i mean the closest thing that i personally have to like csi or whatever is i have a um fingerprint scanner where i can scan your fingerprints and it connects you to the fbi and to colorado bureau of investigation and in about 30 seconds if you have a criminal record or a warrant then i'll get a return we call it a return on you Mm. scan Um, fingerprint enhance 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 (laughs) yeah i mean that is uh i didn't want to say that's what i have but (laughs) it's literally just a fingerprint and if you don't have an fbi number then you won't come it's it's a lot more complicated than just someone like pulling a fingerprint off of something do do you Um, have things that read your eyes in order to enter them like like an x-man as well like yes that's next week we get those scanners wow (laughs) yeah welcome professor (laughs) I'm just thinking it's a good thing that those bank robbers didn't try that stunt in New York because Vincent would have caught him. That's a Beauty and the Beast reference for everybody uh, listening. Oh, okay. TV sh- series with Ron Perlman. That's obscure. <laughs> Every um, time I think of like tunnels under the city now, that's what I think of. You're gonna, you no, guys, you, I think of tunnels in New York. I think of Ninja Turtles. You, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's where my head goes. When Brad mentioned tunneling to rob places, I immediately went to the Lady Killers from 2004 when they're tunneling into the casino. Um, And I guess also technically any, like one of the Ocean's Eleven movies, I can't remember which one they tunneled under in order to do something. Uh, They did that in the bank job too, also starring Jason Statham. Which, by the way, that's an underrated Jason Statham movie that if nobody's seen the bank job, watch the bank job, please. It's my favorite Jason Statham movie. It's dope, isn't it? Yep. Zach, it's the third Oceans movie. It's Oceans 13. That's right, because they have to create the earthquake thingy. Or not, no, no, that's the, the earthquake is in the first one. They've got to shut out the power in three, right? Because they've got to shut, knock out that security systems computer thing, whatever, for more than 30 seconds so that they can get in there and adjust the winnings and then make everybody win. Yep. It's been a while since I've watched Ocean 13, but it's a good, good movie. movie. The order of it is 11, 13, and 12. But 12 is very watchable, and it should stop getting crap. Nope. No, it's a good it, movie. It deserves crap. You no, know, it's a European travelogue, Corinne. You just don't get it. Okay. Well, then I don't get it. <laughs> uh, next week is going to be Spiral from the Book of Saw. Um, that'll be fun. Yeah. I'm, I'm ready to play a game. Does anybody else want to play a game? No. Yeah. Chris Brad, Rock you, and Samuel L. Jackson. I'm down. Brad, do you want to play a game? Oh, I'm playing a dangerous game. 
doing this podcast with you. <laughs> why? Why? The most dangerous name. Zar- Zarloff with a Z. Uh, thanks for listening. Mm-hmm. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening to this episode of Real Nerds Podcast. Real Nerds Podcast is a production of Nebulous Visions Multimedia. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill and Plan 9 Studios for our kick-ass theme song. Also, if you're in the Denver area and you're looking for a cool place to see movies, we see them at the Alamo Draft House in Littleton and now also in Sloan's Lake. Thank you to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics for supplying us with all our comic needs, especially you, Andrew. You know who you are. And a big shout-out to James's mom. I'm giving you an electronic hug that you can feel through the airwaves. Thanks for listening, and have a nice day.